Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! It's not as if the Big Red Rage needs any help around here looking good, Ron Wolfley. I mean, we are the original Thursday night football after all. But did you see last week's game on Thursday night? I did. Yeah, uh, uh, that's unfortunate for everyone's sake. I I, I honestly hope you didn't. I I hope maybe earlier in the game than Broncos fans, you made like a Bronco fan and you left the game. A tie game before overtime and the home fans were leaving. Okay, that's how bad it was. But because it can always get worse, if you flip it on right now, you'll see the Chicago Bears orange helmets. And that's how it does indeed get worse. And we are here to save the day on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisi here, and it is the Eno Show, just like it was in the second half last week against the Eagles. Eno Benjamin is our guest. How are we doing on a Thursday night, Eno? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys for having me. Appreciate you actually coming in and visiting with us a little bit here, Eno. Are you happy how you have played so far this season, personally? Definitely, I'm happy about how I've been uh, progressing and how I've been playing, uh, but definitely feel like there's uh, some way to go. There's definitely some ways to go. Well, you're golden with Ron Wolfley. You went to four Pro Bowls as a special teamer based on what you did okay, against Carolina. We'll get to that a little mm-hmm. bit later. But if we're talking about this most recent game, and, and as the sideline pencil neck reporter, um, I, I, for once I maybe shared something in common with you, you know, because I looked around and I said, wait a minute, I'm not seeing any other running backs other than 26. Uh, was that sort of your sensation? Take us through that and what it was like when, when I say it was the Eno show. That was really the case. Yeah, uh, I just I remember we ran. Um, it was a, the tennis green Rondell. I think it was the third and long, um, in which he popped open. I remember uh, chasing a safety one way and then trying to redirect and get in front of Rondell and, and throw a block. Um, I just tried to jog off the sideline like maybe someone's going to come get me uh, for a break. And I turned around and looked out there and there was nobody taking the field. So I um, kind of ran back there uh, out there and after that drive. Um, I started looking around and asking. Uh, it was Mike Ber- Berkovici at the time. Uh, where's Daryl? Where's the other running backs at? Um, and that's kind of when they uh, he told me that they went down and then I was the only one up. So um, at that moment, it was it was just keep digging. Uh, we're in a, a very tight game and it was kind of just lock in, really. Is, is there a, a personnel group that you guys have where you know whatever word they say, you know that you're in, whether it's 11 personnel, 12 personnel? Is there one code word where you know, you know, you're in? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I would not say it is um, a personnel, but more so just the play call itself. Um, uh, one word is when we're trying to go fast. Um, certain people have certain different plays and schemes that they're in. Um, and so uh, that's the way that we do it here. Take us through the touchdown run. It was first and 10 at the 11. Uh, what was the call? What do you remember? And, and how did it develop? 
it was a power left. Um, I think we had a motion, um, and we had uh, safeties down in the box. And I remember when the motion came, uh, the the safety started rotating, um, and the, the the linebacker or safety who was down in the box kind of uh, got out and ran. I think it was twenty three. Um, and after that, I, I kind of liked the the look that we got. There was uh, only a. Sa- uh, Dante or Slay, sorry, I'm not Darius sure. Slay. Darius Slay, um, who was a uh, play side, and after that, it was just Will. Uh, I'm taking Will over on a corner every single day of the week. How do you think you guys have run the ball collectively so far this season? I think it's been a work in progress, um, definitely. I'm just getting on the same page as the offensive line and the offensive line getting on the same page with the running backs. Um, and um, I feel like as weeks have been progressing, the run game has uh, been trending upwards as well. Eno Benjamin, our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Speaking of the O-line, I see you on the sideline spending significant time with the O-line. I've been doing this almost 20 years on the sideline. I, I see you as a running back spending as much time with his O-lineman as anyone. What, why and what's behind that? I feel like if we're all on the same page, it'll make you play faster, um, and it'll actually make the runs hit better um, a lot. Um, and just as far as just knowing football and being able to talk football with them, um, I think they kind of respect it. Um, and also with that, they, they, they want to block harder for you. And so just doing my job, doing anything I can do just to be on the same page with those guys and make their job easier. Um, I feel like as a running back, we go as the offensive line goes. You know, do you watch tape with the offensive line? I do, um, especially um, training camp, um, just getting looks and seeing what they're seeing um, to help be successful on the field. Um, there's definitely times now where um, us as a whole um, entire unit, as far as the running back room, is meeting with the offensive line. Um, so we could do just that as far as getting on uh, the same page. Well, right now, the way it's tracking, the running back room is Eno Benjamin, rookie Keontae Ingram, and some recent signees. And so Cliff Kingsbury this week was asked straight out if Eno Benjamin can handle the number one job. Yeah, he can. I mean, he, he did it in college. Obviously, it's a different level, but he's um, worked really hard. If this is his opportunity, uh, we have all the faith in the world that he'll go out and give us everything he's got. And I've been impressed with, with what he's done, like I've said, um, over the last couple of years. The improvement and, and the maturity he's shown has really been impressive. I mean, uh, how is the conditioning? You ready for 20 touches plus? Definitely. Um, and I feel like that's what's practice, uh, what practice is for. Um, just straining a lot, finishing runs. Um, the, the one thing that you can't, um, can't always uh, practice is practicing beating the last defender um, in a real game. So uh, practice is where we use that for. I'm straining just to condition and get that up and be ready to go. So we know right now, just five games. How's the body feeling? Are you dealing with anything? Uh, no, I am all good I'm here on this side. Uh, I feel like uh, keeping my body healthy is uh, something that I'm somewhat good at. You know, you heard Cliff Kingsbury there talk about your improvement. And this offseason, he was basically your hype man, which was quite a reversal from maybe early in your career. 2020 as a seventh-round rookie. You were inactive all the games. You were on the 53. You made the team. But... Would you say, how about this, true or false, were you in Coach Kingsbury's doghouse for a period of time? I, I, I couldn't even tell you the exact definition of what a doghouse is, um, <laughs> but I would just say um, I wasn't where I needed to be um, as far as everything, as far as my game, the way I, I, I took to prep, like to prepare for teams and stuff like that. Um, and then this year was just coming in with a new focus, just like it's new year, new opportunity. Um, and I, I really felt confident in what was going on, and um, just that confident, uh, confidence took off to a different level. But you had to earn his trust, right? Uh, definitely. And I, like I said, I think that it started with the confidence um, in knowing what I had to do um, inside, outside of my playbook and stuff like that. Um, and then also I felt very comfortable on this offseason. I spent a lot of time with Kyler um, and um, just uh, 
I felt like being able to have his trust uh, went a long way and made me um, just, like I said, that confidence just uh, shot up on a different level. Boy, that is so cool to hear you once again. Confidence. This is what I'm hearing. Confidence. Confidence. You said it three times, Eno. You run the ball with confidence, and watching you run the ball on the field, I see a sense of urgency in you as well. Where, where is that coming from? I would just say um, it's determination. Um, I want to be the best um, that I can be um, in every situation, no matter what it is. Um, and so um, running the ball, I'm, I don't know how I turned out a running back, but I'm glad I did because um, just that, like you said, that sense of urgency, uh, being able to leave um, and impose your will on the defense is what I like to do. So on that drive where you capped it, we heard the, uh, the touchdown run, 17-all, that made the game. There it was in the fourth quarter. That was a 12-play drive, went 90 yards. It was six passes, six runs. And Kyle was asked yesterday, okay, you know, how are the Cardinals running the ball and, and what does that mean, the ground game? How important is it for this offense right now? Well, I thought we ran the ball really, really, uh, really well last game. You know, just didn't didn't finish when we need to. At the end of the day, can't kick field goals. You know, that'll get you beat. Kicking field goals in the red zone gets you beat. So we, we got to score touchdowns. You know, last year we were scoring touchdowns and, uh, you know, so far, you know, we, we haven't put the ball in the end zone enough. Look, we all know the stat, and you guys are thoroughly sick of hearing it from media types like yours truly. This team is yet to score in the first quarter. Why? What's behind that? Any theories? What needs to happen, I guess, at Seattle that hasn't yet? I would just say we've got to come out and play um, a, a full game of complimentary football. Um, defense helping the offense and offense helping the defense. Um, we got to come out fast. Um, no jitteries, no jitteriness, no nothing. Just um, being able to execute the play that's being called, and I feel like that's, that's, that's how we take that next step. You know, just watching you with the confidence as well, it's so important that – you lead with that confidence and I, I can see that in you right now the way you are developing do you see it in yourself as a leader and you're starting to take on a bigger role definitely um just like i said just running the ball um you have the opportunity um to impose your will on the defense and so it's up to you um what are you going to do with that um i'm just setting the tone if the first play of the game is a run i'm lowering your shoulder and just getting everybody with you um you're running on the sideline you're on their sideline instead of running out lower your shoulder and create that boom just take the life out of the defense and so um that uh, that's definitely something for sure when you say that i instantly think of that the Niners a year ago, Drake Kirkpatrick, where you dropped the shoulder and trucked the former Cardinals corner in the open field. Honestly, as I think of over the last year, that sideline exploded as big as any moment in any game. Why is that? Why does a big run, a physical run, seem to ignite a sideline in football? I would just say just um, the energy. Just Everyone knows it's a little bit different than uh, catching the ball and running uh, however many yards. I'm just knowing that you got to get through the defense, um, the linebackers, defensive line, the safeties, um, and uh, go to the house um, is a big deal. Um, creating our own energy, that's one big thing that we've uh, we've been harping on. And so um, anything that you can uh, do to get the, the, the energy going around the, uh, the team and uh, – um, just going on from there. <laughs> you know, do, do you believe you can be in every down back? Do you believe you can be that guy that can run the ball, that can obviously come out of the backfield, catch the ball, and pick up 
blitzers. Do you believe you can be that guy? I truly believe that. Um, just, I mean, in high school growing up and just watching Christian McCaffrey do his thing um, at Stanford and uh, Dalvin Cook, those guys that uh, that have been able to do it, uh, even at my size, um, has been remarkable. Um, so, like, um, to answer your question, I definitely believe that I, I, I've got what it takes to be an every down back here in this league. You mentioned Kyler and, and hanging out with him. I, I didn't realize your high schools are like 12 miles apart between Allen and Wiley, Texas, because you had an unbelievable high school career. Wolf, over 7,500 rushing yards, 111 touchdowns. He was the number five running back prospect in the country. But you guys never played Kyler's juggernaut powerhouse Allen high school team? Um, not not while I was there. Um, previous years before, um, a, a while back before I was there, uh, I think they used to go head up. Um, and w- what switched the classification is Wiley opened a different another school um, along and kind of split the numbers up. Um, so before when it was just one school, we would always often play them. And I, I still joke around with Kyler here to this day and tell him if we were still one school, we would have been the team that was always beating you guys and, and all of that winning championships for sure. So, Eno, I have to ask you this right now. The next contract, you have your agent negotiate. Is Are you going to actually negotiate for, as a kicker or a running back? <laughs> Um, I would say right now my, my, my main focus is on uh, Seattle Seahawks at the moment. <laughs> you know what? Since we're in the trust tree, I will say, guys, that Eno was our post-game radio guest, Wolf, as you know, right? And it was emotions were raw in the locker room. You lose to the Eagles. It's close. There was a missed 43-yard field goal. The one question I didn't ask you I was thinking about was, could you have made a 43-yard field goal to tie? But hashtag too soon. That just wasn't the moment to say it. Uh, because the week earlier at Carolina, well, here's what went down when Eno was called to Pond to fill in in an emergency. Eno Benjamin is going to kick off for the Cardinals from the 35-yard line. I don't know if the Panthers have noticed it yet. Chuba Hubbard is still standing back at his goal line. Benjamin runs forward and kicks it into the ground at the 30-yard line. It's picked up on the 20 on the far side. The 25 and a big hit at the 25-yard line by Benjamin. He kicks off. He runs down there. Stephon Sullivan's got the ball, and Benjamin lays him out at the 25. <laughs> Edo Benjamin with the daily double. Kick the thing off, then go down and make the tackle. That is legendary right there. I mean, Wolf, for special teamers who went to the Pro Bowl like yourself, I mean, he's like a made man, mafia style, isn't he? <laughs> Paul, there's no doubt about it. You know, that is legendary in the annals of special teams play right there to kick the ball off and then be the first guy down the field. And then, I, you know, you hammered him. I mean, yeah. that, it wasn't yeah. like it was a soft no. contact. Big, tackle. big hit. You hammered him, man. Just <laughs> what was that like? Um, it was a great feeling, uh, just going out there, just being able to kick. Um, I, I remember uh, sitting in meeting rooms, and uh, Coach Rogers asked me if I knew how to do it um, or kicking off. Because um, uh, at practice, I practice, I did kick field goals at times, uh, but never kicked off before. But uh, with using a tee, um, and so asked me if I knew how to kick, and I just was always being prepared for the situation. I, I had no clue it would arise, um, and it and it did. And it, it was definitely fun. It was uh, it was a change up for sure. Did, did Carolina know? Did Carolina realize? 
I had no clue if they realized or not. Um, <laughs> I was standing there on the sideline, and me personally, I felt like the, the commercial break was taking too long, and I just wanted to get out there on the field. Um, so I couldn't yeah. tell you if they knew or not. Because I'll tell you, Zach Allen, some of the fellas, uh, they were like, wait a minute, the ball only went to the 20. Usually, Prater blasted out the back of the end zone. And then they realized, they look mm. at the big screen, they're like, wait a minute, it's it's Eno. What's yeah. going on? Exactly. So, and oh, then, it was... Yeah. Eno Benjamin, RB slash K, <laughs> and the next program. What was the bigger velocity hit, that tackle, or were you blasted Drake or Patrick at the Niners? Come on, be honest. <laughs> I definitely would say it was probably um, here in Carolina, that, that hit for sure. <laughs> it definitely. did. It registered on the Richter scale. I mean, that, that was a wallop and a half. I mean, that was like a surface-to-air missile on that one. All right, hey, you got a big game coming up against Seattle. At Seattle, always makes for a lot of intensity and energy. We'll get into that next. Eno Benjamin is our guest on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Murray in shotgun flanked to his right by Benjamin. Now Brown motions behind Murray left to right and it's a handoff left side. Benjamin with room at the five and Benjamin's in. Touchdown Cardinals. Eno Benjamin getting it done. And a point after away from tying the game with 9.43 to go. That is one of the best possessions we have seen from this offense this year. Run in the counter with Edo Benjamin following Will Hernandez around the horn, baby. What a great run and a great read by Eno. There you go. Wolf nailed it in real time. He saw it. What do you describe? You followed Will Hernandez, who took out Darius Slay, and boom, there was the pay dirt. Eno Benjamin is our guest. We continue on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. We asked Greg Dortch a few weeks ago about punt returns and what he sees. Because to us, it looks like chaos, mm-hmm. right? just insanity. When And he said, no, everything slows down. He has the ability to see holes and gaps and creases and pick his spots and when to accelerate try and make guys miss how about you when you take a handoff what do you see I guess it really first depends on the play Um, I'm looking at just spots I'm looking at let's say if it was inside zone right I would know that the the tackles possibly on the end you might have a single um, which is like a double team going to the front side backer um, and then what we call like a B block um, between the backside guard and the backside tackle going to the um, uh, other linebacker and so from there um, I'm just looking at the reach and knowing just okay by if I do this with my body I know I'm going to get this reaction from linebackers and um, I can move them possibly and cut this back and stuff like that so my mind's always thinking pre-snap read just where the ball could possibly go um, based off the, the, the blocking scheme itself You've played the Seahawks in Seattle in front of the 12s before, what was that experience like Eno? It was it was very there was oh so the first time I actually played in Seattle there was no fans um, oh that's right the, COVID oh. COVID that's right the COVID <laughs> game uh, the second year was um it was a lot going on for sure um it was a little bit chilly um I know that was probably on some people's mind we don't play in cold weather much um and then just the fans they were pretty rowdy and I know that uh, that, that atmosphere um gets pretty crazy and as well as the stadium the way it sits um, <laughs> um is something unique itself you know the Cardinals won five of the last 
last seven in Seattle. Do you think there's a cause and effect? Do you, just the atmosphere and the noise. What does it do to the Cardinals? Because energy is never a problem in mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, um, I would just say those boos. I don't know. When you hear those boos, it kind of motivates you a little bit um, to like, like, are they really booing me? This, there's no way I'm going to show them that they definitely can't be booing me. And so um, that, I think that's the, mind, that's the mindset behind a lot of that for sure. Okay, you know, got to ask you this right here, okay? little psychological question right here. Would you rather run a route and catch the ball, run the ball, or pick up a blitzing linebacker? Which would I rather do? Yeah. I would, I would, I would, me personally, I would ask, I, I need a little bit more as far as the situation, but uh, I'm just going to go with running the football for sure. <laughs> Although on the Cardinals' final drive against the Eagles, where you guys went from the 25 down to the Eagles' 25, wasn't there a key play where you had a big blitz pickup? I thought I heard Cliff Kingsbury give you props on that. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, there was a, a Mike linebacker that was blitzing right through the A gap, um, and one of our two minute plays in which we had um, needed and we couldn't take a sack, so it was just kind of just getting in there and um, risking everything just for this team, protect the quarterback, um, and also for the win as well. So we know where do you think you need to grow the most as an NFL running back? Um, I would just say, the, I mean, the details, not even necessarily on Sundays, but it, like I said, it always starts in practice. Um, the details of it, um, just when you get fatigued and just not letting those little details slip your mind um, is one thing that I, I've kind of been focusing on um, as weeks have been going by. What do you see out of this Seattle defense? It's a Pete Carroll defense, but it, the stats are not the caliber of a typical Pete Carroll defense. They are dead last or 31st in most every category that matters, including rushing defense, Eno. So what are you seeing on film? They've got some big boys up front. Um, you've got um, number 10, you've got 99 Monet, or uh, number 90 Monet. Um, you've got uh, 56, he's a really good backer. Um, and you've got 57, who's another very good backer, um, that kind of bring their own little thing to the game. Um, I think uh, 56, Jordan Brooks, he's been um, kind of stealing and learning a lot from Bobby Wagner is what it seems like, um, the way he slow plays um, uh, on the backside and stuff like that. So um, they, they've got a really talented group. Um, number eight, I think his name is Kobe um, as well. He likes to come down in the box. Um, he likes to hit, um, as well as their safety uh, digs as well. So um, I think we've got our hands full, um, but I'm um, I'm very impressed, and I like what we uh, have done at, uh, this week at practice. So, so looking forward to getting out there and going against those guys. How important is it going to be for you to be able to run the ball against this team? I wouldn't say how um, important would it be for me, um, but uh, just as the offense, um, we want to get the run game going. Um, we know that takes um, and helps a lot um, and or takes a lot off of Kyler um, and not letting him do all the work. And so trying to just help him in every way possible that we can um, to go ahead and uh, try to get the win. How close is this offense? That's what I hear from a lot of guys in the locker room this week. Like, Man, you can see it on film. It's not there. And when it's not there, uh, look, that's all that matters. So, I mean, how close do you think this offense is? For example, the Cardinals' longest play this year is 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Do you know in this last game, the Seahawks against the Saints had four 35-plus yard touchdowns in one game? So the explosives, for whatever reason, are not there for this Cardinals offense mm-hmm. right now. So I'm just curious, how do you diagnose things and where things stand? I would just say when you look back at it, it's possibly just one or two or three guys being in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Um, and, and that's what's holding us back. Um, so it's just locking in, like I said, the details, the spacing on the field. That's, that's a real thing. Um, that's a real thing. 
um, so you're not clouding windows um, and just pulling guys out of windows. Um, so I know, I mean, if, even if I'm running a swing route and I know I'm not getting the ball, I'm trying to run it full speed so I can open up another, uh, another window for a guy to get open and stuff like that. So I feel like uh, once we really um, die down and really focus on those things, you'll start seeing those big explosive plays happening for sure. So the stretch play and the plays that come off of it, it's one of my favorite concepts, you know, in all of football. It really is. The O-line says that you run that play better than any other back on the team. Is that true? Uh, I couldn't tell you how true or not um, that is. I just um, I get the ball and I, I do what I can do on each play. Um, but definitely big kudos to the offensive line. They're the ones um, really doing the dirty work and making my job easier. Do you like that play, though, conceptually? Um, I, I love outside zone. I, I mean, I really love uh, gap scheme as well, to be honest. Um, there's a lot that goes on with that, and playing with people's eyes is, um, is the thing I like doing. Oh, I love that, you know. Go into a little bit more detail, will you please, on the gap scheme, which is the power scheme, the down blocks and pulling the uncovered lineman? Yeah, um, so, I mean, just let's say we're going counter when we're pulling um, our our guard and we're pulling our uh, tight end around. Just um, knowing that you've got your front side double team um, uh, going and deucing to that backside backer, kind of just cutting the defense off in half. Um, and then you got your pullers coming around um, for the end and also the play side linebacker. So kind of opens things up. But then also if the backside linebacker um, kind of wants to play over the top as well, you're kind of leaving a back door cut uh, that's right. open so it kind of gives you a lot of it kind of gives you a lot of op- options as well oh that's uh-huh. good all right well you know we'd appreciate that discussion right there kelvin beecham cardinals offensive lineman who was asked today about your opportunity you know you know is a, is a dynamic runner uh very well conditioned um, and he's done it a number of times since he's been here there's been times where i've looked back behind me and i see uh seen him throwing up and then you know get the ball and go run for it so excited for him to, to get a red opportunity in a in a hostile environment know that he's going to thrive in it Okay, wait a minute. I was standing right there when he said that. Is that for real? Oh uh, yeah, there's. I think I've got some anxiety issues going on. Everyone has anxiety, um, but I think I don't know. At times, there's just there's this feeling in my stomach, and then it's like I got to throw it up real quick. And once I throw up, I'm, I'm fine. But it's not it's not anywhere close to a nervous feeling. It's 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 kind of weird, and I actually don't know how to explain it to be honest. You know, do you know who Lawrence Taylor is? Have you ever heard of Lawrence Taylor? Uh, he's defensive lineman. <laughs> Defensive. He was. He was. Yes. He. He was. He was actually an outside linebacker. Gotcha. You know, defensive end. Mm-hmm. He's just simply um, a badass. He, he was yeah, a badass. One of, the, yeah. one of the best ever to do it. Right there, man. That that is truly amazing. <laughs> um, listen, I've got to ask you this right here. The Seahawks are making the switch to a three-four scheme. Uh, have you noticed that on tape? Uh, yeah. Um, they like having um, odd floater packages as well um, that we've uh, been dialed down and focused on. Uh, three down fronts, um, the way we do it, we just, we're just going to point one of them down, and it's going to be a four down in my eyes. So that's the way I'm going to go with that and look at it. Interesting. I, I'll tell you what. Eno Benjamin is our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Uh, the ASU fans would be all over us if we didn't ask you for your thoughts on the program where you think they should go next in their search for a head coach. 
Um, I couldn't tell you where they should go next, but um, I do know uh, Sean Aguano. Uh, he was my running back coach while I was uh, there in 2019, my last year. Um, and I know just the type of guy he is and um, what he wants for this program. He's a local guy. Um, I know he could bring in a lot of Arizona recruits in, um, and I, I would definitely love for him to have that position. Love the guy. What sort of coach do you think they need? I mean, what would you tell if they asked for your opinion on what to do next with the program? I mean, what is your thoughts? Because everyone thinks it's a sleeping giant, but it's been many years since they've been to a Rose Bowl. I think once they just get the right recruits in um, and then start building that part of it, um, that aspect of it, things will for sure start turning around. Um, I felt like when when I was there, at least um, there was a lot of there was a lot of one games that kind of changes everything. Um, uh, I remember I think it was the Oregon game in 2018, which kind of held us back from going uh, playing for the Pac-12 South. Um, and so there, I feel like they're really close. I feel like we're really close. I'm part of them, um, and it's just going to take a little bit of um, getting those right recruits and the right coaches around. I'm um, think they're they're on the right way of building that you know i got one more question about the seahawks are they a come come after you defense or are they more reserved i feel as if they are come after you they're trying to go get the quarterback um their linebackers are shooting gaps trying to fill the run and stuff like that they're not really sitting back they're 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 looking to come get you i tell you their impact rookie is a fifth rounder Six foot four corner, Tariq Woolen, number twenty-seven. Dude ran a four-two-six at the combine. Yeah, fast oh. on film. He's very fast on Ooh. film. I mean, you're in the 99th percentile of, of humans on this planet Earth, right? In terms of speed, this right. guy runs a four-two-six at six-four, and he's got an interception in each of the last three games. <laughs> so if you break out into the open field, you'll be you'll be sort of like Buddha looking for DK Metcalf. Right, exactly. Yeah. I got a stiff right arm there. handy though. <laughs> stiff arm handy. You know. Benjamin, thank you. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys for having me. Back right after this on the Big Red Rage. Snap to Hertz. Three-step drop. Pressure off the edge is picked up. Hertz now doing circles in the backfield, running far side, and finally sacked by Zach Allen at the 11-yard line. The Cardinals kept at it. It's a loss of 12. Allen gets the sack and forces a punt. Zach asks more questions than anybody on the planet Earth, I think, so... Sometimes I have to say, all right, Jack, stop asking me questions. But it's awesome, and we do have a good rapport on the field. We kind of know what each other's going to do. We kind of know how it's going to work. He's playing really good football. But, yeah, I don't think there's a day go by that I don't have to tell Zach, like, just, just give me five minutes, bud. J.J. Watt earlier today, we were standing in his locker, had a smile on his face, talking about Zach Allen, his locker mate. Just uh, and and you know what? As Zach Allen told us a couple weeks ago, right? Wolf here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. The two of them are sort of like a pair of demon in in hockey, right? That's the pairing, ninety nine and ninety four. And look at Zach Allen. The last two games, he has fourteen tackles combined, two sacks, four quarterback hits, four passes defensed. Three tackles for loss. I mean, the two of those guys are balling right now. Yeah, no, Polly, you're right about that. They're going to need all of that, too. They're going to need all of that because the Seattle Seahawks are no joke offensively, Paul. They're going to need Zach Allen to play great. They're going to need J.J. Watt to play great. They're going to need guys to step up, young guys that are still developing. They're going to need them to step up because the Seattle Seahawks are no joke offensively. All right, so how ready is this Cardinals defense? Because you can say that allowing only 20 points to the high-flying Eagles, okay, that's enough to win, and I'm not going to argue against that. But you got down 14 nothing by early in the second quarter, and you know what? The coaches were a little frustrated early. The screen was hitting the Cardinals. They practiced 
against the screen. They gave up some big yards on the screen, third and one, fourth and one, the goal line. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, they came out with that hurry up, and they snapped it quick. That was effective. And then when the game was hanging in the balance, they had that eight-minute drive at the very end. They sat on the ball. They converted that third and 12. They got 16. That was a crusher in the fourth quarter. So where are you on the Cardinals' defense? No, you know what? Uh, I'm good on the Cardinals' defense. I, I think they have been the biggest surprise going forward. Incrementally, they continue to get better. Paul, we've talked about it. The first six quarters of the 2022 season was a complete disaster. <laughs> it was bad. And suddenly at halftime, Vance Joseph rallied the troops in Las Vegas, and they came out and they played exceptionally well the rest of that game. Gave the Arizona Cardinals the opportunity to come back and actually tie the game up in the second half via Kyler Murray making some incredible plays. And then, of course, the the uh, force the overtime. There's the fumble on the ground. And now all of a sudden, you got Byron Murphy running down the sideline for a touchdown, game-winning touchdown. Let me just say, that was great. And from that point forward, incrementally, these guys have gotten better, Paul. And it's everybody. The improvement is real. It's there. But this, I believe is going to be their biggest test. Would you have thought that, Paulie, coming into this week against Seattle? A resounding no. But, but and look, we'll hear from Vance Joseph in a minute on, on Geno Smith, and, and it's very telling. It's going to make your point, I think, Wolf, here momentarily. But there was a Cardinals defense that gave up the 14 nothing, but then only allowed two field goals the rest of the way. And I'll tell you what, being down in that locker room after the Eagles lost, I mean, the emotions were raw. I said these were angry birds, and I asked J.J. Watt basically that question earlier today. I mean, it was obviously, I mean, frustrating, you know, to lose a game, to lose at home, you know, very good football team. Um, so it was, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of, um, but you should feel that. I mean, if you're putting effort and energy and time and passion into this thing, it's going to hurt when you lose. That's, that's, that's the nature of it. If it doesn't hurt, something's wrong. And when things have been wrong for the Cardinals' defense, guess what? They fixed them. Like, like you said, the halftime yeah. adjustments in Week 2. Look at the adjustment against A.J. Brown. He had three catches on that first drive, and then he got one target the rest of the game. Yeah, um, it's been incredible. Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy is very, very quietly having an excellent year. Byron Murphy suddenly, Paul, looks like a, a shutdown guy. <laughs> he looks like a guy that is capable of doing that. And... Even Marco Wilson, all the, man, the the wailing and gnashing of teeth that was going on before the season started, we were all very, very concerned, and rightfully so, I would say, in regard to the cornerback room, specifically the secondary. And honestly, they they have stepped up and played okay, and... You know, I think the Cardinals have improved their rush defense an awful lot as well, Paulie. Now, they still got to get more pressure on an opposing quarterback. They have to do that. But, man, I'm encouraged. I look at a guy like Zayvon Collins. I don't know about you, Paulie. He's had a, a couple of instances this season where he's been up and where he's been down a little bit. But for the most part, the arrow is pointing up on Zayvon Collins, and he's getting more comfortable and more mature. And, Paul, you can see it. He's getting more confident as well. 
And now they get a Seahawks offense that, wait for it, has eight touchdowns this season of 25 yards or longer. That's through five games. Think about that. They put 48 points on the board against the Lions two weeks ago. They didn't punt. Every single drive ended up touchdown or field goal. There was one missed field goal in there. And as for Geno Smith, right now your NFL comeback player of the year in a landslide, here's Vance Joseph earlier today. Geno's playing at a high level, and that's surprising. Obviously, he hadn't played in a while. His arm talent is special. He can make every throw. Um, he's made some big-time throws in traffic. He's scrambling around making you know broken plays, and that's scary, obviously. But... Um, it's a offense that has two great receivers and a quarterback who's playing well. When you watch it, you can't say it's it's not real. It's real. I mean, he is playing his butt off. So it's going to be a challenge again for us to get those guys stopped with the two receivers in the run game. But everyone's got guys, and it's tough out every week. Paulie, he's throwing the ball down the field, too. <laughs> it's not like he's got 175 passing attempts, and he's completing seventy-five over 75% of his passes. And he's throwing the ball down the field once again. This is truly amazing. They're number three, Paul, in passing yards per play. Paul, number three in wow. passing yards per play. And he's completing over 75% of his passes, man. I mean, they're number one in rushing yards per play. They're number two in yards per play. I, they, they are absolutely stunning to watch. Now, listen. They're, they're, they're top 10 in points, so that's really, really good. But in the red zone, they struggle. The one area they've done a great job is third down. They're third down offense, man, and converting and moving the sticks. Number three in the National Football League. And the fact that Geno Smith is once again 113.1 quarterback rating. Pat Mahomes is looking up at Geno Smith. He's number two, Paulie. I mean, I'm smiling right now. Josh right. Allen's number four. Yeah. And he's number one in completion percentage. Justin Herbert is number five. They're he all a, looking up at Geno Smith. He had a 50-yard touchdown to DK Metcalf against the Saints. He also had a 35- and 40-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett in the same game. You realize, Ron Wolfie, the Cardinals' longest play all season is 30 yards. It was the pass right before <laughs> halftime against the Rams. Kyla Murray your point, to Greg Dorch. The, <laughs> the big plays are everywhere. And nobody saw this coming. Gino was playing absolutely out of his mind. As J.J. Watt, speaking of, told us at his locker, it's not like these are checkdowns. No. He, he is just chucking it downfield, and he's putting it on a seed, and he's throwing it into traffic, and he's accurate. We'll continue talking about this challenge that is Seattle. Remember the Cardinals won five of the last seven in Seattle? We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. the Seahawks. It's a handoff. Left side Ellington. And Ellington's got the first down of the 45-40. Stays about to the 30. He's at the 20. He's at the 10. He's into the end zone. Touchdown. Andre Ellington seals the deal in Seattle. Oh, baby. Andre Ellington on the speed draw. Nobody saw that coming. The speed draw heard round Bird City. Oh, my goodness. 48-yarder at Seattle 2015. 
That was the dagger. And Ron Wolfley, TikTok. That will be the next feature of the next Cardinals Folktales that is right around the corner. The Emmy award-winning documentary series where he can't spell history without the word story because of the Stanton shuffle that <laughs> resulted after Andre Ellington's 48-yard touchdown run. There's no doubt about it, Paul A. Drew Stanton with that. Whatever that was down the sideline, still one of the greatest moments. And that speed draw was perfectly executed as well. On third and four in that hit. And guess what? Cardinals won five of the last seven in Seattle. That is where they're headed. If they can get a win, get to three and three, and then they'll get DeAndre Hopkins back. Saw him in the locker room earlier today. I mean, the anticipation of getting D-Hop back and what he may do for this offense, okay. But maybe the best gift going right now, Wolf, would be the Seahawks defense. Um, oh, boy. So let's see here. The Seahawks and the high-flying offense we just talked about, they've scored 103 points combined the last three games, and the Seahawks have lost two out of three. They just gave up 235 yards rushing to New Orleans, and Pete Carroll after the game said, and I quote, they ran it down our throat, and that was unacceptable. Yeah. So I know you know this Seahawks defense, and how ripe are they for another 48-yard touchdown run? Yeah, Polly, this is it's it's startling. It really is, because when you think of the Seattle Seahawks, I immediately think of Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll has been one of the better defensive minds in the National Football League for so long. I Since he came into the league, Pete Carroll, and the Legion of Boom, of course, and just, just how noted the Seattle Seahawks have been for being able to run the ball, of course, Russell Wilson, and then, of course, play defense. And to watch them, Paul, right now, I'll give you some numbers. Are you ready for this, Paulie? No the, math, but I enjoy oh, it when it's about the Seahawks. The Seahawks are number 32 in yards per game allowed, number 32 in yards per play allowed. Paul, that that's bad. Okay, that's as bad as it gets right there. Hashtag they, dead last. Until you actually put the tape on, and it gets worse when you watch the tape. Paul, the missed tackles. There there are missed tackles at all three levels. On the line of scrimmage, then the second level, and then the third level. There are missed tackles all over the field. Paulie, there are also wide receivers. There are also receivers. Whether they're wide receivers or a tight end or a running back, it doesn't matter. Sometimes they're running, and there's nobody around them, Paul. So there's a mental error. There are breakdowns. Big plays are happening, and it's one of the reasons why they're number 31 in points allowed. Because not only are they giving up a ton of yards, but they're also giving up a ton of points. I tell you, it doesn't have to be close. And and I say that because last year the Cardinals went up there with Colt McCoy, and they ran 79 plays, and they more than doubled the time of possession. Okay, if you can if you can get off to that quick start, which the Cardinals have yet to do in five games, but we're talking about Seattle. And what did Eno say about the environment, the atmosphere, just all the fans and the 12s booing you? And his quote, I'll show you. Well, DJ Humphreys was on the most recent edition of the Pash Pod, and here's how he described described to Dave just about playing in that Seattle environment. You know what's interesting? The middle of the field is like the best place to be. It's not as loud in the middle of the field. When you get close to those opposite 20s though, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) You start speaking sign language. There's a lot of this right here. A lot of yeah, I get a rush. Like I thr- like I feel like I thrive and play better. Like two minute situations, those situ- like when it's just like we gotta have this crunch. It's it's, it's chaotic. We don't know what's going on. It's, it's I don't even. It, it kind of feel like white noise. Honestly, it feels like the TV. Like when it's I'm not that old, but 
when I was a kid, the TV still went off. Like it would just go to static TV. And that's what it sounds like to me sometimes. That's a good analogy. We've been there, right, Wolf, almost 20 years, and that is a good analogy. It's just this constant volume that never ends, and, yeah. and it just fires up the Cardinals. There's something about it, them against the world. If they're not going to get off to a quick start in this game, in this environment, then you know what? Maybe it is time to be concerned. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah. Honestly, right now, I can tell you the Seattle Seahawks, I believe they're number 28, as a matter of fact, in points allowed in the first quarter. Number wow. 28. See, wow. So something has got to give here. Polly, not only are the Seahawks struggling, but it's when they struggle. They've struggled to start games. As a matter of fact, Pete Carroll was asked about that. He was asked about starting games and and why they were struggling. He said, "I I don't know." <laughs> you know, I mean, get in line, Pete. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of that going on, and nobody really knows. Yeah. I tell you what, though, DJ Humphreys had a lot of great answers on a lot of different topics. It's the Dave Pash podcast with DJ Humphreys, the franchise left tackle, available now wherever you get your podcasts and on Twitter via uh, at Pash Pod. So there you go, DJ Humphreys, great get this week and a great podcast. As for the Cardinals, don't forget about their road record. They won 10 of the last 11 on the road so we'll see but once again you know with the things that we've seen with this this cardinals team and whether it's going against the seahawks defense but so much of it and you heard Eno talk about it wolf is just the cardinals ability to execute and what they see on film are opportunities but opportunities missed so far yes it's those little things that in the nfl are big things paulie you have to run the ball you have to be able to run the ball stop and think about this it, the, the Seattle Seahawks rush defense right now, Paul. Are you ready for this? In the last three games, 145. No team, okay? No team. Well, I shouldn't say that. Let me say this right. The Seattle Seahawks rush defense are the ninth team in NFL history, Paul. Okay? Get that in your head. The ninth team in NFL history and only the second team in the last two decades to allow 145 yards rushing or more, two rushing touchdowns, and three in three consecutive games. They are the only team. Think about that this year, obviously, to do it. But only the ninth team in NFL history, man, and only the second team in two decades to allow that kind of rushing number. You got to be kidding me, Paul. You got to line up and you got to come off the ball and you got to run the ball. So, not just the worst in the league, but historically bad. Historically. And I hate to say it, but the Seahawks' defense this year is to defense what the Cardinals' 2018 offense was to offense. Like, historically bad. And they got got roughed up by Taysom Hill running Wildcat quarterback last week. He only threw one pass, and it was a touchdown. He had three touchdown runs. And who do you think has more burst and finishing speed, Kyler Murray or Taysom Hill? So I'm also curious to see if the Cardinals run the ball with their quarterback and what exactly the plan is on that front. But special thanks, Eno Benjamin, for this very special edition of the Big Red Rage. Uh, very interested to watch him run the ball, finish his runs, maybe even Keontae Ingram. We talked to him today. He seems ultra confident, itching for a chance to run as a rookie. Special thanks, Jim Almondro, Cody Fincher, for Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! 
You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.